This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us. Visit our website, AFR.net. Our website is AFR.net. When you go to our website, you can find my show page, Exposing Washington, there at AFR.net. Just go to the podcast link, and then uh, you'll see Exposing Washington if you scroll down a little bit. You can also download Exposing Washington podcast on whatever kind of mobile device you use, whether it be Apple or Android. Just go to the podcast store and uh, type in Exposing Washington and you'll be able to download the podcast there and then you can uh, listen to it uh, at your own convenience whenever you would like. You can listen to Exposing Washington uh, there on your smartphone and it's a great way to, to keep up with what's going on and do it at your own at your own timing and your own convenience. Another thing I wanted to mention is Coming up in a few weeks, we have a, uh, a very special event, if that's what you want to call it, uh, here at American Family Association that will be airing online. And it's an AFA Action virtual town hall. Uh, the, head, the, uh, the name of it is AFA at Home. And um, what we're going to do for about an hour and a half is we're going to have very special guest, uh, Dr. Richard Land, We'll have Star Parker, Sandy Rios, Abraham Hamilton III, David and Jason Benham, Tim Barton of Wall Builders. So we'll have all these great guests, and we're just going to break down a lot of the issues facing our country, um, or, or a lot of the issues that our country is facing, rather. And um, it's going to be a great event. So that's October 8th at 7 p.m. Central is when it's going to air. Uh, and the website you can register for the event. You do need to register for the event. AFAaction.net. AFAaction.net. And if you go there, you can register for the event. All we need is your email address. AFAaction.net. Register. Put it on your calendar. And on October 8th at 7 p.m., we will air um, the AFA at Home Virtual Town Hall. It's going to be a great event. I was able to MC it. And uh, we got a lot of topics and issues addressed, all from a biblical perspective. So tune in on October 8th for that special event. AFAaction.net is where you can register. Transitioning into the news of the week from Washington, D.C., the uh, Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, she ran into a very embarrassing situation this week, to say the least. But this situation speaks volumes, and you'll you'll hear why and see why. Um, but many tried to downplay what happened to Nancy Pelosi. 
And so just to give you a little background, or what happened is Nancy Pelosi was at home in San Francisco in her home district. And Nancy Pelosi just decided that she needed a haircut. She needed to have her hair done. And you may be wondering, well, what's the big deal, Walker? Who doesn't get their hair done? Well, some people don't get their hair done. Some people don't have any hair, so they just shave it themselves. But a lot of people get their hair done. They get their hair cut. Ladies get it colored. Some guys even get it colored, but I don't. But nonetheless, the reason this is important is because San Francisco is still not allowing salons to open up. They are not allowing salons to service to serve customers indoors. And so Nancy Pelosi just thinks that she is so special that she doesn't have to follow the rules that she's been petitioning for, and she goes and gets her hair job. And it's one thing for someone who's been calling out the hypocrisy and the and the the insanity of the left to go get their hair done because they're petitioning for America to reopen. But it's another thing for a politician who has been talking about how everyone must wear a mask at all times, no matter what, and that all businesses should remain closed indefinitely. That's been the position of Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. That's so Nancy Pelosi went and got her hair done. And when she was called out for it, when the video surfaced, she had no apology. Instead, she, she had more arrogance and more condescension. Let's listen to Nancy Pelosi give a non-apology to what happened. I've been there many over the years. I've been there many times. I appreciate, I appreciate the question. And let me just say this. I take responsibility for trusting uh, the word of a neighborhood salon that I've been to over the years many times. And that um, when they said, well, we're able to accommodate people one person at a time and that we can set up that time, I trusted that. As it turns out, it was a setup. So I take responsibility for falling for a setup. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Well, there you have it. And to that I say, you lie, you lie, you lie. I think I've heard that somewhere before. But Nancy Pelosi says, well, you know, we can, you can do it if it's just one person at a time, one customer at a time. Well, that's so not true. That is not true. As of the date Nancy Pelosi went to get her hair job, Salons in San Francisco city limits were not allowed to be open at all. And it was only the day after Nancy Pelosi went and got her hair job that the mayor of San Francisco said, well, salons can open for outdoor service. For outdoor service. Who gets their hair cut outside? Okay, some guys might be able to get their hair cut outside. But... There's a lot of chemicals and the humidity level. I mean, there's a lot of factors that play in to getting your hair done. And the mayor says you can cut hair outside. 
Our country has lost their mind. Collectively, we have lost our mind. Because we have Looney Tune politicians like Nancy Pelosi running our country and wanting these drastic measures to be taken because of the coronavirus. But Nancy Pelosi won't even follow the rules herself. And so not only did she go get her hair done in defiance of the local city ordinance, but she also did not wear a mask, which is in direct defiance of Governor Gavin Newsom, King Newsom, in direct order of King Newsom's, in direct defiance of King Newsom's order. So Nancy Pelosi hypothetically broke two laws or two regulations in the same day. And then she had that sorry, non-apology, sarcastic answer to give at a press conference the next day. This is indicative, when I, saw, when I said at the beginning of this, this is, this is indicative of a larger problem. The problem is, is that the, the elite, the special, let me just call them special, the special politicians... They view themselves as superior to you and I. That is a very simple way to look at this, but it's so true. These politicians, and they can come from both sides, by the way, Republican and Democrat. These politicians, like Nancy Pelosi specifically here, she views herself as higher than you and I. Thus, we can't get our hair cut, but she can because she's the speaker of the house and she goes on television and does these important interviews and she's the face of the Republican Party. So she can get her hair cut, but we can't. That's how these folks think. That is the twisted, sick mindset that they have. And that's why we have elected officials, politicians from all over the country that are putting in place these ridiculous mandates that make no sense, un-American, unconstitutional, and they themselves half the time aren't even following their own rules because this is all a power play. They don't really believe in these dumb mandates. Who really thinks that wearing a mask outside when you're jogging at the park is going to help Slow the spread of coronavirus. Nobody believes that. But they do these dumb things, these moronic edicts and measures and proposals in the name of public health. When we all know it's just a big hoax. It doesn't work. And it's one thing to be told to do all this stuff when the people who are telling you to do it are actually doing it themselves. But here we have Nancy Pelosi. Do as I say, not as I do. Transitioning to someone you might actually like to hear this time. This is Dr. Atlas. He is now, uh, he's been on the coronavirus, White House Coronavirus Task Force for a little while now. But he's actually one of President Trump's main uh, go-to 
doctors on the coronavirus now. <laughs> Dr. Fauci got pushed to the back because of his doom and gloom analysis on literally everything. So I'm glad he's not talking much anymore. But let's listen to Dr. Atlas here. This gentleman, this doctor, is very reasonable, and he brings us back to reality when it comes to the coronavirus situation that our country is dealing with, clip two. The last point I want to make is that when younger, healthier people get infected, that's a good thing. Why? Why does that sound like a good thing? Because that's exactly the way that population immunity develops. When you have low risk groups get infected, become immune, that is how you break up the, the sort of connectivity pathways to riskier, older, sicker people. That's what's called herd immunity. There's nothing wrong with having low-risk people get the infection as long as you protect the high-risk people, which apparently is being done because this explosion of cases has not caused increased deaths. That is de facto proof that we're not having a problem with more cases. Well, imagine that. Someone brings a little bit of calmness, a little bit of reality, and a little bit of truth to the situation. And one of the main points he brought up there, that was Dr. Scott Atlas. He's a member of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, a key advisor to President Trump. A key point he said there is that we actually need more young, low-risk people getting infected with coronavirus. And that sounds counterproductive, counter-narrative to what the media and all the political hacks are saying now, like Nancy Pelosi. But it actually makes sense. And here's why. Let's talk college campuses for, for a minute. And folks, this is not rocket science. You do not have to be a doctor with an eight-year degree and $300,000 of student loan debt to figure this stuff out. Let's talk college for a minute. What many of these colleges are doing is they're starting back school in person, some, which is good. But when students get coronavirus, they are sending them back home. And when I say sending them back home, I'm not talking about sending them back to their apartment or their dormitory. I'm talking about sending them packing back to where they're from. Like load up your apartment and go back to where your parents live. That, for example, makes absolutely no sense. We're going to take low-risk people like college students who are just going to get the, the sniffles. They're going to have mild symptoms for the most part. It's going to be like the flu. They're going to feel bad for a few days, and then they're going to recover, and they're going to be fine for the most part. So our colleges, many of the colleges are taking these students and they're sending them back to their parents who are in high-risk categories so that they can take COVID back to their hometown. 
Now tell me how much sense that makes. What we should probably be doing is actually saying to our young people that it's okay to get infected, especially when you're at college. So you get herd immunity, you get population immunity among young people on college campuses, and then guess what? By the time Thanksgiving gets here, all the college students are immune to coronavirus, and then they can go home and hug their grandparents. Well, that just makes too much sense. That's just a surface-level view. That's too simple. You're too simple-minded, Walker. It's more complex than that. Come on. You're not a doctor. No, I'm not a doctor, but Dr. Atlas is, and that's what he's saying. And so this strategy, what he's saying, another thing he mentioned there is this strategy of trying to keep everyone from getting infected, from getting infected, is a horrible strategy that we've never done in the history of mankind. As a matter of fact, I was talking to someone the other day, a little bit older than me, and they were talking about how back years ago, decades ago, during chickenpox, they were talking about how For example, one example was this person was telling me that their sibling, when they were younger, their sibling got chickenpox. And one of the ways to, or one of the less lethal times to get chickenpox is when you're younger because you handle it better, but when you get it, when you're older, it hits you harder. And so doctors back in the day, some, were encouraging the parents of the person I was talking to to actually let the sibling go sleep with the one, the other sibling who has chickenpox so that they both can get chickenpox, have very mild symptoms, and then they'll be completely immune to it for the rest of their life. Which actually makes sense. And arguably, the case could be, could be made that we should do that with young people, with children now, when it comes to coronavirus. But I'm not recommending that. I'm just talking hypotheticals here. But I only bring up that analogy to say that the whole idea that we need to keep everybody at home, everybody isolated, don't see anybody, don't hug anybody, don't send the kids to school, don't go to work, don't go to the grocery store, that is an illogical strategy from all fronts and a strategy that has never worked and never will work. Shifting gears to another topic, um, <clears throat> we've been seeing the chaos uh, going on in various cities across the country. And in Washington, D.C., there was an officer involved shooting this past week. And, of course, the mob, the Democrat mob, all the Democrat voters that like to burn things down, they're in Washington, D.C., and they're threatening to burn down the police station there all over this officer-involved shooting. Well, when you watch the video of the shooting, as it turns out, the suspect who was being pursued on foot had a firearm in his hand as he's running from the police. 
And the suspect pulls out the firearm from his pants and begins to raise it, and the officers fire one shot at the suspect, and he falls down. And then people are protesting, people are speaking, people are mad. This is an injustice, blah, blah, blah. The only reason I bring this story up is just to further prove what I said last week. And that is that these Democrat operatives that are trying to burn things down, they do not care whether an officer involved shooting is justified or not. They literally do not care. Their mindset, based off of their public statements, is that if if an officer uses force, if an officer uses deadly force, it is automatically wrong at all times and in all scenarios. That's the way they think. That is a perverted way to think. It is a twisted way to think. But that is how these folks think. Which is why when you have an officer involved shooting, they don't even wait until all of the facts are out. Instead, they rush to judgment, or they actually rush to no judgment because they have no information to go on, and they immediately begin rioting, yelling, looting, and burning things down. So fundamentally here, we are dealing with people who are illogical. They don't think for themselves. They don't think logically. Instead, they are looking for reasons to destroy things and steal things and burn things down. And any and all excuses they can receive and get, they will utilize to their advantage. And we've seen this happen over and over again. The Jacob Blake shooting a few weeks ago, same thing. Jacob Blake has a, has a felony warrant out for his arrest for, for rape. Where's the Me Too movement? He wrestles police officers, defies orders, lawful orders, has a knife, reaches in his vehicle, and is shot And then all of the sudden, it's a police officer's fault. Now tell me how that makes sense. Transitioning to one other topic, I want to play clip one here. This is Attorney General William Barr on mail-in voting and the dangers of it. Clip one. There are individual cases, but as far as widespread fraud... We haven't seen that since. Uh, well, we haven't. We haven't had the kind of widespread use of mail-in ballots that's being proposed. We've had absentee ballots from people who request them from a specific address. Now, what we're talking about is mailing them to everyone on the voter list when everyone knows those voter lists are inaccurate. Do you think that's a way to run a vote? Well, uh, the only thing I'm saying is that so far we haven't seen widespread fraud. But so you, far we haven't tried it. Well, and the point there's is, there's a lot of us. Th- uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican Well, state this like is Utah. playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. 
And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government and people trying to change the rules to this to this methodology, which as a matter of logic is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous. Well, there you have it. There you have it. And Wolf Blitzer there from CNN, the Democrat operative, is saying that, well, there's just no examples of voter fraud when it comes to vote by mail. (laughs) That in and of itself is fake news. There is example after example of voter fraud when it comes to mail-in ballots. And Wolf Blitzer says, well, you know, it's not widespread. What we know about is, is the, the fraud is not widespread. Well, okay, first off, that's not true. Second off, so it's okay as long as it's not widespread? What kind of logic is that? Yeah, you can cheat as long as you don't cheat all over the place. Just cheat a few times. <laughs> what kind of logic is that when it comes to one of the most important processes in our country's system? Voting. What if everyone applied the theory and the rule that, well, as long as everybody doesn't cheat, I mean, it's, there's no widespread fraud, right? That's like running a bank and saying, well, you know, we only had three bank robberies this week. It wasn't widespread because we served 100 customers, so we're all good here. (laughs) That doesn't make sense. That's a horrible way to view something so important, something as important as voting. There's this story in the New York Post that I'm going to post on my podcast page, no pun intended there, but here in the New York Post, a self-confessed professional voter fraud operative, if you want to call him that, he wrote this op-ed, this anonymous op-ed, about how he used to work for campaigns to commit mass voter fraud by mail. And he outlines all of the strategies that they use, how this has been done for years, how it's done all the way from the city, the county level, all the way up to the U.S. Senate. And this will raise your eyebrows, to say the least, when you read about how there are very sophisticated groups that this is what they do. They are hired to cheat by mail. But if you listen to Wolf Blitzer, oh, there's no problem out here. Only a few people cheating, right? Exposing Washington American Family Radio. Don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net. Download the American Family Radio app. We'll see you next week.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.